The Chargers have a winner-take-all game this week against the Raiders, and there's some individuals that have a lot to prove if this is going to be the Chargers' last game and in the playoffs as well. And we also have to talk about, David, is this Chargers season a success if they don't win on Sunday? Well, the great news is we have Daniel Popper from The Athletic on to talk about it. You are locked on Chargers. Your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Chargers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. What is up, man? Welcome into the Locked On Chargers podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Wade. Joined as always by my co-host, David Drogemeyer. And on today's show, joined by a very special guest because we have the Athletics' Daniel Popper. I'm sure you guys all love Daniel Popper, some of the best Chargers content that you're going to find out there. And we have a lot to get into with him today. But first, thank you guys for making this your first listen. We very much appreciate it. And, of course, you can find the show on the new Locked On Chargers YouTube channel and wherever you get your podcast for free on all platforms. We appreciate you guys for checking us out and always continually supporting us. So thank you for that. But today, David, obviously a lot to get into. First, I kind of want to just start since there is only one more game of the regular season and obviously the playoffs if the Chargers can make it. Who at this point, you know, still kind of has something to prove if they want to be brought back with the Chargers. You know, guys like Mike Williams, right? You know, has a Chen and Wosu done enough? And there's also some other guys like a Kazir White who's like, okay, well, now you have to bring that dude back with the way he's played this season. So I want to get into that, but then we'll talk with Daniel Popper about what Brandon Steele has been able to do with Justin Herbert specifically and where Justin Herbert has grown the most, most in year two. And we'll also get into, you know, if this Chargers season is a success, if they don't end up winning on Sunday, considering all the factors with COVID and new coaching staff and all of that, I think you'll be surprised by the answers there. But let's start with the guys who have the most approved day, because this is obviously something we can't do after the season. And I think the Chargers will win this season as of right now. So you're hearing an early prediction from me there. I'm feeling pretty good about this upcoming matchup, but this could be the last game of the year. And that means there are certain players who I think it's still kind of a mystery on what the Chargers should do with them after the season. And I think first is Mike Williams, because there's a moment of the season where it was blank check Mike Williams. Then a moment of the season was like, this is why you haven't paid Mike Williams yet already. And then now we're somewhere in between, right? And you're still getting some big touchdowns, but it's still a little bit inconsistent. There's also the franchise tag, which could be an option for Mike Williams as well. So I think he has, you know, maybe he can't change everything with this because I think consistency has been the biggest thing for him, but he can definitely put a nice feather in his cap on Sunday. If he goes out there and just has a monster game to get the Chargers into the playoffs. Yeah, for Mike Williams, I think this is a big game for him just in a big moment. I mean, you know, everyone in the entire United States is going to be watching this game on Sunday Night Football. And when you go out there and you perform on the biggest stage, especially if it gets you into the playoffs, you better believe that's something his agent is going to bring to the table and be like, hey, remember that game where you had to win to get in and my client went off? Yeah, well, you're going to pay for that, especially oh, yeah. if the Chargers get into the playoffs and Mike Williams makes noise while the Chargers are in the playoffs. If that happens, then I think Mike Williams and the Chargers are probably going to be coming to the table at some point. I think as it stands right now, Daniel, I think the most likely outcome is that the Chargers honestly probably franchise tag him again, kick that can down the road just one more time see just if this is an aberration or if this is the version of Mike Williams that you can expect moving forward. 
Well, and this is a pretty loaded wide receiver draft class coming up as well. So I think that obviously could play a factor too, but they're going to have to make that decision before they end up seeing who they're going to have in the draft. But I think it's a great question. I think the other guy who kind of fits in that is Uchen Nwosu, who, again, it's about consistency. But if he can get hot this final game, if he can have a great playoff run, and he already has a strip of Lamar Jackson that sealed the Chargers playoff win, he could definitely get himself brought back by the Chargers. And right now, there's no necessary, you know, Next guy up, Chris Rump is still a very young player. Right now, it seems like the Chargers still need help on the edge, but Uchenin Wosu has obviously had some really good games too. Well, and Uchenin Wosu is what Brandon Staley calls one of the guys. You know, he's one of our guys. He's, he says that Uchenin fits their defense extremely right. well. He's the type of guy that, you know, that they really want in that position, the guy who can set the edge, who is physical at, at times. It's just as a pure pass rusher, he's not putting up the type of stats that you're looking for for a guy who is probably going to want to get paid a good amount of money. I just haven't seen that type of consistent production year in and year out. And even this year, to warrant the Chargers signing him to a big contract, Uchenna really has to go out there and play well in this last game and any other remaining games that the Chargers might be playing this year if he really wants to get any, any kind of considerable paycheck. I think no matter what, regardless on if they do sign Uchen Inwosu or not, they need to add to that pass rushing position yeah. because anytime Joey Bosa is not out there on the football field, the pass rush takes a precipitous drop, a very noticeable drop. So they need to add more guys that can get after the quarterback. They just simply don't have enough. Yeah, except for that one game where Joey Bosa gets hurt in the beginning of the game. They get like 27 pressures yeah. after he left. Yeah, I mean, besides that, I mean, it's been pretty noticeable. And I think Uchenna has, you know, a lot at stake, you know, because I don't know what that contract looks like right now. Yeah. I and mean, that's one of the more perplexing ones is he doesn't have one single great season statistically, right? right? So what is another team going to show out? He might be able to be brought back on the cheap because he's never really stood out for an entire season. And I think at this point you still have to bring him back and add to it because you don't have yeah. an heir apparent to him right now. Besides, you know, Kyler Frank was on a one-year deal. Chris Rump, it's just so hard to tell at yeah. this point, but there's also the flip side of that, Dave. And I think a couple of dudes who've made themselves some money and put themselves very high up on the list of guys to bring back are Kazir White and Justin Jones, because we'll talk with Popper about how you know important Justin Jones has been to that defensive front and the run defense specifically, but Kazir White has gone out and just been one of the best linebackers in the NFL and easily the Chargers' best linebacker so far this season. So as much as there's guys with things to prove, there's a couple of guys that seem to have already put themselves in a great position to be brought back. Well, and man, just look at that family. <laughs> look at that white family just across all of sports. Like what talent that those genes possess. It's absolutely unbelievable. But when him finally to... getting a spotlight too, like after so long of not being used really by Gus Bradley, right? Yeah. He's always an afterthought. It was Drew Tranquil. It was kind of Kenneth Murray. Like this is the first time you're seeing it. Right. And this is the type of defender that the Chargers wanted to bring in. They wanted to bring in a safety, a guy who was transitioning, a guy who had those coverage skills, but also was physical enough to deliver those punishing hits when they were necessary. And you're seeing all of that this year. This guy is the most consistent, one of the most consistent defensive players on the Chargers team this year, regardless of position. Kaiser White's been all over the football field. He's always stuffing the stat sheet, 130 plus tackles on the year he's got tackles for loss he's got interceptions he's got sacks he's doing everything at a high level this is the type of linebacker that hybrid type of linebacker the chargers and every team in the nfl has been looking for they have it kaiser white's gonna earn some money this offseason 
Yeah, I mean, I think there's still some places he could definitely improve on in sure. coverage for sure. And it just seems like in coverage, he's always like he, great coverage a lot of times and like guys making great catches or just being a fingertip away from making a great play. So I do see that on the horizon for him to be more of an impact player in that regard. But like you're talking about defensive stops, tackles for loss, forced fumbles even. I mean, the dude is quick to react. He sheds blocks. I mean, he's just done a lot and I think he's only going to get better. You know, under Brandon Staley, the more time he spends here. And Justin Jones, I mean, you see it in his absence. You see it when he's on the field. The Chargers run defense is such a crucial part of the equation for them getting off the field on third down. And when you don't have that dude there, it's just a totally different energy. And the Chargers struggle without him there. So even though he does have some injury things, he's not the best interior pass rusher, where I think he still made a little bit of some, you know, strides in that regards. He's just made such an impact for a team that doesn't like to load the box with heavy fronts. He is one of those players who can kind of offset a little bit of that and let the Chargers do what they do on the back end. But, hey, we're just a couple of Joe Schmoes here, right? Let's get the expert on Daniel Popper. Coming up after this from The Athletic, getting into Justin Herbert's incredible second season, why he thinks the defense will take a turn if the secondary can stay healthy, and what he thinks are the ramifications if the Chargers do or don't make the playoffs this weekend if or if this season is still considered success and what, you know, he thinks the Chargers have to do to beat the Raiders in a must-win game coming up on Sunday. But I do have to tell you guys about Built Bars first because, first of all, I'm just a little bit hungry, so I was thinking about them anyways. But also, they are my favorite protein bar. And, I mean, Built Bars, I mean, you can find something that fits on your diet but also tastes like a candy bar. You know you're doing something right. And it's the New Year, so that means New Year's resolutions. If yours is about getting fit or eating healthier, then make Built Bar a part of your plan because that is something I'm going to lean on heavily as I try to stick to my New Year's resolutions. Less carnious out of fries. More built bars for me because that is, I mean, the next best thing and something that I'm going to be able to switch it up. So now that I'm going heavier on the built bars, I'm going to have to, you know, really increase the variety I get. And that's the other thing I love about built bar. So many great flavors to choose from. I like cookies and cream. I like peanut butter brownie, but I might have to start venturing out a little bit more as well. And there's limited time flavors coming out all the time. And I don't know if there's a limited time flavor that I haven't liked yet. That coconut chunk, coconut brownie chunk started literal wars in the you know NFL locked on DMs, but there are so many great flavors to choose from. You could also go coconut almond, cherry, barcia. You know, they've had salted caramel there before, too. I mean, all the flavors are great, and you're going to find something you like. You can even get a mix box where they're going to give you all the different flavors so you can try one, and I promise you you're going to find one that fits what you like and also fits in on your diet. So if you guys are looking for the best protein bar out there that's going to be low in carbs, low in sugars, while high in protein, high in fiber. Make sure you guys check out Built Bar and save some money since you listen to this show. Use the promo code LOCKED15 at Built.com to save 15% off your order. That's LOCKED15, all caps, one word to save 15% off at Built.com. All right, guys. Well, today is the day. We told you guys yesterday we had a very special guest coming on to the show. And of course, it's Daniel Popper, the Daniel Popper from The Athletic. You can find him on Twitter at Daniel R. Popper. He's the Chargers beat reporter for The Athletic. And if there's one paid subscription if you're trying to get behind a paywall there's only one you need to really get to and that is the athletic because they just do a ton of great stuff not even just daniel popper i mean there's other people like robert mays shield capadia that are doing really good stuff that have to do with the chargers as well so make sure you guys if you haven't already which if you don't i don't know what you're doing go subscribe to the athletic because the content is always great there but daniel popper thanks for coming on the show man no problem you always do a better job of advertising the athletic than i do yeah, you know what I mean? I just like, I appreciate you having you on the show. And like, you have, to me, the best written Chargers content out there. And I mean that, not just because you're on the show, but it is obviously one of the main reasons 
we love having you on the show is because obviously you're putting out all that content, especially, you know, training camp. You got me through the days that I couldn't be there. And I mean, you yes. always have the nuggets. Everybody goes to Popper for the nuggets and the juicy get, nuggets, baby. Yeah. Just the nuggets, you know, and you know, <laughs> some beers, some taco bias, all the, all of the above. But I think you have to start with Justin Herbert. And I saw in the nuggets, there were some pretty good nuggets about Justin Herbert after this week. And I think somewhat people aren't making a big enough deal about him being the franchise leader in touchdown passes now. And it came in a game where you had obviously great performances by the defense and the special teams, of course, as well. But I mean, just how impressed are you? I mean, you came on this show when people were kind of freaking out about Justin Herbert earlier on in the season. You're like, listen, there's no sophomore slump. The dude is great. So just now that you've seen, you know, a full 16 game season in most years, right? You're 16 days, games deep into this one. Just how impressed have you been by him? Well, this is where you go back to that podcast. You clip out my rant about there being no sophomore slump, and you put that in because we need yeah. the receipts here, boys. We yeah. need the receipts. I know. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, it's been tremendously impressive. Um, he's been better than he was last season. I think the one thing that jumps out to me is that when Brandon Silly took this job, his very first press conference, he said that we're going to build an offense around Justin Herbert, and we're going to build an offense for Justin Herbert. And that's exactly what's happened. I mean – I know that fans have been frustrated at times with Joe Lombardi, but from an efficiency standpoint, this offense has been top three in the league all season long. Um, Justin Herbert, as you mentioned, set the franchise record for passing touchdowns. I mean, Philip Rivers played the position at a pretty high level, right? Yeah. Talking about a guy that's in the conversation for the Hall of Fame. And Justin Herbert topped his single season production in his second season in the league and first season in this offense. And I think that says everything you need to know. Um, the one thing that's jumped out to me this season, though, is just his processing and decision-making, which you alluded to, I wrote in my final thoughts. That touchdown that he threw to Keenan Allen in the red zone on Sunday against the Broncos was the fifth read in the progression. That's what Brandon Steele told us. And you can see, you can go watch the tape. He starts from the left, goes to the entire projection, progression, then hits Keenan on that whip route. Um, I thought what really stood out is the way he just checked the ball down. Like he was, so, he was going through his progressions and he was just checking it down because that's what the Broncos were giving him. Right. And it turned into a lot of production. I mean, Austin Eckler is a great guy to check the ball down to. Yeah. And he turned that one catch in to a 40-yard gain. And, and just looking up the numbers, and this is what I wrote about my final thoughts, and it just jumped out to me because I didn't even think – I had it in my head and I went in and I was like, it's probably going to be pretty good, but I did not think it was going to be this good. Yeah. 177 dropbacks under pressure this season. He has two turnover-worthy throws. Two! It's 1%. Wow. That's not even two interceptions. That's just, no. you know, throws that should be turnovers. Yeah, exactly. So just that level of decision makers is ridiculous. And just comparing it to other guys, right? Rogers is at 4% when he's under pressure. Tom Brady's at 3.9% when he's under pressure. The closest guy to Justin yeah. Herbert in terms of turnover worthy throw rate when under pressure is Teddy Bridgewater at 3.2%. And Teddy Bridgewater is a guy, he's like the ultimate game manager. Right. Like yeah. He's the most risk averse guy you can have at quarterback. Justin Herbert is not that type of player but he's still avoiding those types of mistakes. And you even go on aggregate, right? He's got the second fewest turnover worthy plays on the season. So I think a lot of people were making a big deal about his legal 14 interceptions, 14 right. interceptions, the baking bad decisions, but they're not bad decisions. Like yeah. go rewatch him. First things first, he has the third most passing attempts in the league. Um, and so, you know, you look at interception rate, that's what you look at. Don't look at interception total, look at interception rate. His interception rate is, is more middle of the pack. Um, and then you just go through, okay, go interception by interception, right? You had two drops from Austin Eckler that led directly to interceptions. You've yeah. had a lot of fluky tip passes that are sort of a byproduct of the RPO game that they run a lot, right? So, you know, now and falling down in the end zone against the Cowboys. 
Yeah, you great can individual go, efforts too. Trey Diggs, right. Eric Kendricks, great individual efforts on those. I mean, right? Like you don't look at those. Like the Kendricks pick was ridiculous. Like yeah. you watch that throw, you're like, I'm fine with that that decision. Yeah, the yeah, guy just Keenan Allen versus Eric Kendricks should be a mismatch. Right. Yeah, the guy just made an outstanding play. So you go through, you say, great. His decision making is elite. He's, in my opinion, the best deep field passer in the game. We see the raw talent. His pocket presence is otherworldly. His ability to field pressure, pressure and avoid that pressure. You combine that with what they're doing schematically and good, good play design, and you also combine that with a with an improved offensive line. And and listen, Chargers fans, you like you guys have been through like every year, thirty second in the league, and this in in PFF and this and that and pass block win rate every year, worst offensive line, worst offensive line. They're not like outstanding they're not like the best offensive line in the league but they're they're solid middle of the pack like ben baldwin does an aggregate of pff and pass block win rate i think they're 14 like sh- take that in a second i think that's been a big a big part of justin herbert's development and obviously i mean rashawn slater is the top five left tackle in the league already so yeah it's, um, abso- yeah. it's absolutely insane the level of play that a that guy has been that, able dude. to provide in his rookie year and i love that you said tackle in the league and not have anything to do with that rookie moniker because yeah, it has stop. nothing full to do stop. with it. Yeah, full stop. Full stop. He's been that good. Like, And I think we all had high expectations for Rashawn Slater. You know, I wrote that feature on him over the summer and just talking to people who knew him well. You're like, all right, this guy has it. You know, he just has that that competitive drive, um, that determination to be great. Um, and then you watch him play in college. And you're like, all right, you know, he took a year off. And you're like, okay, well, maybe he gets out to a slow start as a result. But you knew he was going to be good eventually. To play at this level, like they just leave him on an island in pass protection. Like they don't even have to worry yeah. about him in the pass protection plan. Like that, that's the dream. As yeah. an offensive coach, like when you draft the tackle, you're like, the dream is that you can just like you don't even have to think about the plan. You're just like, regardless of who it is, Miles yeah. Garrett, TJ Watt, doesn't matter. He's turning down help. <laughs> He's like, I don't right. even want the chip. Right. Yeah. Just put him out there and let him block. But the, the real thing that's jumped out is this guy is, and I, I'm turning into Brandon Staley because I listen to him too much. I do it. I do it on every podcast now where I'm like, this guy, this guy. You spend enough time listening to Brandon Staley talk. You start talking like him. That's uh that's that's what's eventually gonna happen. But this guy, no, he he's he's like a beast in the run. Like I mean, yeah. it's it's not a coincidence that every time they run off tackle to the left, it's like a twelve yard game. It's because he's that moved. physically mature too as a rookie is right. crazy. Right. That's really like you you don't expect a rookie tackle to be that physically dominant in the run yeah. game against grown ass men. And like that's that's what he's done. And it's like, the, you know, I don't maybe this is overstating it, but maybe it's worth it to have missed on all those offensive linemen <laughs> over Tom Telesco's entire tenure <laughs> to get a guy as good as Rashawn. Philip Rivers disagrees. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh, poor Philip Rivers. But uh, the, the, moving on to this game, this Broncos game here, the Chargers dominated the Broncos on Sunday, but Denver did have a lot of their big names that was on the COVID list. But what positives did you take away from that game um, that you think will be important for the Chargers going forward? The secondary is healthy. That is yeah. my biggest takeaway. And so I actually looked into it today because I saw it live and I was like, okay, they're moving everyone around the way that they did in training camp. Cause you're watching these training camp practices and you get a real idea of like, okay, this is what the identity is going to be. These are the things that they're going to want to do. And they play Derwin in the slot a lot in training camp and they move Chris Harris to safety and what they called their nitro package. They didn't play that package after week six because of all the moving parts. Chris Harris played his most snaps at safety in this game since week six. Derwin James had his most snaps off the edge blitzing since week six so you're seeing it come back like this is what the secondary is supposed to look like and when you have all your pieces and you can trust asante samuel jr and michael davis 
on the outside. You can put Chris in the slot or move him to free safety. Right. And then you have Nas there. It allows you to move Der Derwin all over the place. And you saw that, right? I mean, he's he's coming off the edge uh, on uh, and run defense, right? And that led directly to a Jerry Tillery tackle for a loss. He, like, you know, crushed Drew Locke and what was a really terrible call from the referees, in my opinion. <laughs> really bogus. But I hit him right in the shoulder. You can re go rewatch any angle you want. Terrible so, yeah. I mean, that's on a blitz, right? And then so they're able to, you know, move Derwin around like he's the queen on the chessboard, which is what they always envisioned. And so it's hard to, like, take some of these defensive performances and the defensive performance over the course of the season on aggregate and, and look at it and be like, okay, this is what they are because they haven't been able to do what they wanted. Like, this, right. they haven't been able to do what Brandon Staley envisioned this defense being when he took the job. So that was that was my biggest takeaway. I mean, it was the first time that those five guys, Asante, Samuel, Michael Davis, Chris Harris, Nas, and Derwin James played together for a full game when everyone was healthy since week one. Like, Crazy. literally week one. Because week five, they were all on the field together. But Chris Harris was coming back from that shoulder injury, and he actually played right. his lowest percentage of snaps of any game this season. Week eight against the Patriots, they were all on the field. But Michael Davis and Asante both got hurt in that game. They were all on the field together in the Steelers game, but Asante suffered a second concussion in that game. And so you're, you have to go all the way back to week one, right? And then you throw a Logie Gilman in the mix too. He's back. He's healthy. All of a sudden they can play, play more dime in right. third long and fourth and long situations. It was their highest dime rate since week 12. So that's my biggest takeaway. It's like they're all healthy and the defense is going to start to look like what Brandon Staley envisioned heading into the season as long as long as they stop the run right and and so justin jones has to stay on the field because to me that's it like i don't want to oversimplify things but when this guy's on the field this guy again jesus when this guy's <laughs> <laughs> it's terrible when this guy's on the field they're a good run defense when he's yeah. off the field they're the worst run defense in the league like that's it go look at the numbers go watch the film like he is that much of a difference maker for this run defense. Well, let me give yeah. you a stat here, Daniel Popper, before we get into the break. Uh, before lead going into this game with Justin Jones on the field, the Chargers were allowing 3.6 yards per carry. And with Justin Jones off of the field, they were allowing 5.3 yards per carry. Sounds which is only familiar. one person. I mean, there was it's some sad. guy, some guy tweeted that, that's that a out. Great, that is a that's great like, stat. I don't know where you got it. It's mind boggling. It's a mind boggling stat. But like <laughs> at the same time, I mean, not. It, there's receipts on that too. I mean, look at Daniel Popper, who he thought, you know, was going to have a great season before this year. A dude who I think had one career sack going into this year. And Daniel Popper's, you know, saying, hey, look out for this guy. I mean, the difference, you can see it. I mean, the eye test, he passes it with flying colors. But like, how much has he, like, you know, raised his status with this team as far as like guys that they have to bring back after this season with how impactful he's been when he's been on the field? Yeah. Uh, one thing, don't dig too deep into those receipts because I did predict that he was going to have eight sacks this season. Oh. So, but, but no, I, I, I have been, I feel like I've been higher on Justin Jones than anybody because I see, I watch the tape and I'm like, this guy is a stud. I mean, I feel like they have to bring him back. You know, I, I, I kind of got into my mailbag, like, like, you know, how are they going to bolster this defensive line? Cause it feels like that's the area that they have to bolster the most this off season. Yeah. Linval Joseph is going to be a free agent and he turned 33 in October, and Justin Jones is also going to be a free agent. You feel like you have to bring both of those guys back. And then There's no add, succession plan, yeah. And then really. add and then add as well, just because I think Jerry Tillery is a quality pass rushing into your def defensive lineman now. Like, I'm willing to make that statement. He's not good enough against the run, and he can't be relied on as a three-down defensive lineman right now. Maybe he gets better. And I, like I said, I mean, I feel like I went on a rant on hops and pop early in the season just about <laughs> giving guys time to develop. And I think you've seen Jerry Tilly grow substantially as a pass rusher. 
he's just not there yet as, as a run defender. So it's like, you can't rely on him to be Justin Jones. Cause Justin Jones is in my opinion, their most consistent run defender on the interior. I think he's been even better than Linval this season. So you have to bring him back. I think that, you know, giving him an extension is a no brainer, but I think that they would have to go out and add two more defensive linemen to really get to where they want to go. Everyone was, you know, clamoring for a trade for Akeem Hicks. He's a free agent, you know, and obviously, you know, anybody that's played for Brandon Staley loves to play for him. So maybe that's a guy you can target in free agency. It's him a pretty, and Joe Judge, yeah, yeah, it's pretty decent. Um, it's a pretty decent defensive line draft. Both those guys from Georgia are coming out. I don't know if they, I mean, obviously Jordan Davis is going to go really early, but it seems like there's some depth there that you get a defensive lineman in the first or second round. And all of a sudden, okay, you've got some pieces there where you're not going to have you have one injury, two injuries, and end up with you know an atrocious run defense. But yeah, I think right now it's a no-brainer to bring Justin Jones back, and they should they should pay him handsomely based on how he's played this season. And it seems like they have to. I mean, it just doesn't seem like they have a choice because there is no heir apparent to that defensive interior right now behind those guys. I mean, they're the most important guys. Brayden Fajoko, I think, has been a guy who's impressed, you know, as a depth piece and maybe deserves a little bit more run. But obviously the Chargers have a huge game coming up this weekend against the Raiders. I mean, you don't often get both teams, right? Not just one team win and get in. You have both teams vying for a playoff spot. So we have to get into that with Daniel Popper here from the athletic but i do need to tell you guys about an app that is going to save you money and it's the get upside app and it's something that if you don't have a download on your phone you're losing money because the get upside app is an incredible app that's saving my listeners money right now up to 25 cents per gallon back at the gas tank i mean you guys have seen the gas prices they've been egregious especially in california where i'm at you guys can save up to 25 cents per gallon every time you go to the gas pump and since you guys listen to this show if you use the promo code locked on all caps one word, you can get up to 50 cents back per gallon on your first fill up, especially for rideshare people, people doing food delivery, things like that. You can save hundreds of dollars. I mean, the gas station across the street from my house, I save, I think, 17 to 18 cents every time I go there. And there's no downside to get upside. That's the great thing about it. You can get the money put right into your bank account. You can get it through PayPal. You can get it cashed out in Amazon gift cards or other big brand gift cards. And if you use the promo code LOCKDOWN, you get up to 50 cents back per gallon on your first fill up. I mean, I shouldn't have talked you guys into saving money at the gas tank because it is crazy how high these gas prices are. But make sure you guys download the free GetUpside app wherever you get your apps from the Google Play Store, the Apple App Store, and you guys can start saving money on gas today with GetUpside. All right, we're back here with Daniel Popper, one of our favorite guests. I think officially the most recurring appearances on our show, but the first time on YouTube, and I said yesterday, you know, I struggled bringing him on, and we haven't had him on since YouTube for a reason because he makes us look worse by comparison. But I will say I'm definitely more well lit than he is. But we have some some great a great game coming up against the Raiders, and the Chargers have had one game like this in recent memory, and that's 2008. Came back, they started four and eight, won their last four games of the season, including the Denver Broncos, the final game of the season to win the AFC West, 52 to 21, and they face a very similar game coming up against the Raiders this weekend. And I think, I mean, Chargers fans should have to be happy with this opportunity. After losing to the Texans to take your fate back in week 17 with a chance to get in for sure in week 18 was something that I didn't feel like was going to happen last week. But things have fallen the way they have popped. And I think that for this game, there are a lot of things the Chargers have to do and, you know, be consistent. And that's what's always tough with this team is which team is going to show up. Can they be that consistent team week in and week out? But when you're looking at what this team has struggled with, what this team's strengths are, what do you think is most important to the Chargers getting a win and getting into the playoffs this weekend? Yeah, it's, it's always going to start with stopping the run. Like always, 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 always. And this always. is one of the and- best, you know, performances they've had against the run this year was against the Raiders. Right. 
but Josh Jacobs was playing on one leg basically yeah. in that game. So th- yeah. that's that's the difference. But like you feel like if the Chargers show up and stop the run, they give themselves a great chance to win. Like you go back and look at the games they've defended the run well. They've I, they've they've either won or been in the game. The game the where third they, down percentage goes way down as well. It affects everything because yeah. you stop the run, you get you turn you know third and shorts into third and longs instead. You get off the field more often. You give Justin Herbert more opportunities. And I didn't say ops because I'm not taking every Brandon Staleyism, <laughs> right? But I it, like that's where it starts. Like I, you know, heading into this game, you're like if the Chargers can show up and stop the run, it's gonna it's gonna open up everything because you know the offense is gonna show up and be efficient offensively it's like if they show up and they play a clean game which means no turnovers and limited penalties they're unstoppable like they're going to put up points that's just the reality of it like you go back and look at the games where they haven't performed well offensively it's been untimely penalties and turnovers if they they don't do those things and they didn't do those things on sunday against the broncos they're going to show up you can rely on that defensively you have the secondary back so you expect a third down defense to better be better you expect the passing defense to perform the concern is always going to be what run defense is showing up yeah. Is it, the, is it the run defense that's going to get gashed and embarrass themselves like they did in Houston? Or is it the run defense that's going to show up like they did against the Broncos and hold two really good backs to 3.1 yards per carry? Now, Justin Jones is going to play in this game. And as we talked about earlier, like that's a that's a big difference. Um, but, you know, we'll see what happens with the run defense. But that's what I'm focused on. Like if they can stop the run, I think they're going to give themselves a really good chance to win. Yeah, I totally agree. It's hard not to when you look at how the Chargers have played this season. When they stop the run, good things happen for them. Uh, Andre Roberts has been fantastic, and he was great against the Broncos on Sunday. The special teams unit for the Chargers has really been a lot better since the beginning of the year. How important do you think it is for this you know, for this team that they were able to add uh, Andre Roberts, able to add Dustin Hopkins, you know, a couple of guys that are really just stable forces, and how much credit does Darius Swinton deserve in all of this? Yeah. So the funny thing to me is that the like the fan base was like trade 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 we yeah. need a trade we need a trade and Telesco went out Tom Telesco the general manager went out and signed two players off the street didn't make a trade but signed two players off the street and Dustin Hopkins and Andre Roberts who probably made as big of an impact as any in-season acquisition or trade of any team in the league this season. Yeah. I mean, it's probably true. Dustin Hopkins has made 18 of 19 field goals since joining the Chargers. Andre Crazy. Roberts leads the league in kickoff return average since joining the Chargers. Like, it has been a monumental shift. And then since the bye week, you went from having the Chargers at 28th in special teams EPA. They're now 17th in special teams EPA. And, I, and we've talked, talked about it on Hops Top. I'm sure, I'm sure we've talked about it on here before. I've written about it. Like, with Justin Herbert at quarterback and with this offense, you just need – to not have the worst special teams. Like that's the bar. Like that's it. And they don't anymore. They do not. And I, so, so Andre Roberts and Dustin, Dustin Hopkins are monumental in that part of the team. Andre Roberts, I think it goes beyond his production in the field. Just having a guy who's been an all pro, who's been a pro bowler, who is a professional returner to coach up the guys that are blocking for him. I think that that's probably unsung in terms of his impact on the team. And then to the second question there, you know, Darius Swinton has done a really good job of coaching up these young players. He He's had a really difficult job this year. And he shows guys. up and it's basically like Brandon Staley basically shows up. He's like, none of these guys can play. Like, can you, <laughs> I mean, that's what happens. I mean, yeah, I mean who are the, well, the, the roster turnover is crazy, too, like, which means it's all. Special, it's Steven yeah, Anderson, guys. right? Yeah. 
that you know of, yeah, for sure. But I'm saying the, the guys that have carried over from last year's special. Oh, right. Years. No, Steven Anderson. Yeah, Gabe Neighbors, maybe. Gabe has no. not played. Gabe was, Gabe's been inactive for like half the season. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah. this year, yeah. I mean, he, I was just trying to think of people that were on the team. Yeah, I mean, the rest of those dudes. Right. In I terms mean, of core four guys that really carried over, it's Steven Anderson. That's it. crazy. They had to overhaul the whole thing. So, you know, they signed Kyler Fackrell, and he's been mixing it a little bit. You know, I think a big difference has been they've been playing Kaiser White on special teams a little bit more, but they brought in a bunch of rookies. It's Nick yeah. Neiman. It's Eamon Ogbong Bamiga, right? Like it's it's Chris Rump. Yeah. You know, it's a bunch of guys that Keemon Hall, who hadn't really played in the league before, right? It's a bunch of guys coming in. Larry Roundtree, six round pick. Justin a bunch Jackson. Of rookies. Yeah. Yeah. What? Yeah. Well, yeah. So he's that's a, a good that's that's a good carryover one. That's a good carryover one because he's been he's he's made some plays. But for the most part, Darius Swinton showed up and had to like remake an entire special teams group with rookies that had never played in the NFL before. And so yeah. he deserves a lot of credit as well, because you see these guys making plays now. Like you see Chris yeah. Rumpf making plays on kickoff returns, right? Like you see these rookies making plays. Punt returns too. Yeah. Right. I mean, right. at least you punt coverage. These... I mean, two punt returns last week for four yards allowed. That's right. mind boggling different. Like from what we've seen. Right, right, right. Exactly. So you see these, you see these, these rookies, you know, coming out there and making plays and, and, you know, experience is a factor, but coaching absolutely is a factor in that as well. And, and I think like, I think at this point, like if I'm a if I'm an opposing coach, like I'm 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 fearing the Chargers returning game. You should. Like I'm fearing it. Like I'm I, I gotta sit down and spend a few extra hours like developing my special teams plan if I'm a head coach, because I'm like that 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 guy. <laughs> I'm like <laughs> number seven, Andre Roberts could break a game. Like he could decide a playoff game and he's he's been that good and the special teams have improved that much with him at return. Yeah, and when I think you're even seeing like the return unit, you know, you're seeing the lanes open up, right? I mean, you're seeing like just the rest of the team play better around these dudes as well, which is just not something. I mean, for as little talent there was in the return game, I mean, the blocking was not great either. So I think it, they've done such a crazy job. We were saying, hey, you know, we'd be okay with middle of the pack, and they've, I think, been even better than that, especially recently. I mean, if you wait it just based on the games we've seen, but it's been great to see that. But let's do one more before we get Pop out of here since we're going a little long. And I think that's just. There's a lot out there, and I'm sure you've seen on Twitter, like, everybody's been fired. Darius Winton's been fired. Brandon Staley's been fired. Joe Lombardi's been fired, like, at least 150 times for a top-six scoring offense and a top-three efficient Ronaldo Hill's been fired, and he's not even calling the defensive plays. Ronaldo (laughs) Hill's been fired, for sure. I mean, multiple times. But I think a lot of people are going to make the decision based on what happens in this game on Brandon Staley. And we're going to see the instant reactions to that. And I don't think that should be the case. So what I want to ask you, I mean, when the Chargers are on the brink of a game, making the playoffs in Justin Herbert's second season in Brandon Staley's first season as a head coach. So do you think this season has been a success regardless of the outcome on Sunday? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you have to go into a season with realistic expectations. And so if you're going into the season with all the roster holes they have and the lack of depth in the various areas that we've talked about, we talked about heading into the season and you're like, they're going to win the Super Bowl. Then you don't you don't have realistic expectations. So they're obviously going to fall short of that. But if you if you genuinely went into the season with realistic expectations, then you were saying, give me meaningful December games. Right. Give me meaningful December games. And guess what? Not only have they played meaningful December games, they're playing meaningful games in January because it's going into week 18 and they have a shot at the playoffs. If they lose, I understand there's going to be some reaction from the fan base and disappointment. Like, I understand that. I'm the lightning rod. Come after me. Fire me. Yell at me. You know, come in, come in the, the chat. Finger popper pop. curse. Yeah, exactly. Whatever you want to do. I'm here. I'm here. That's why I'm here. But this thing is moving in the right direction regardless of what happens. 
on Sunday. There's no doubt about it to me. Like the one thing, and, and we'll bring it full circle here. The one thing that was most important about Brandon Staley coming here was, like, was Justin Herbert taking a step forward? Was he getting better? I think 100% that has happened. I think when the defense has been healthy and he's had his pieces, we've seen what this defense can look like, and it's impressive. Now they need more depth so they can weather injuries. They need to stay a little bit healthier on that side of the ball. You know, the bigger thing is the first thing I said, which is to build out the depth. But there's no question. Meaningful games in December. If you had realistic expectations, the Chargers have achieved those. Um, even if they lose on Sunday, this thing is absolutely heading in the right direction. And I think with another offseason of building, which I've been saying for, you know, the entire year, 2022 is the year where, okay, you got to contend with the, with the players that you have, with the quarterback that you have on a rookie deal. Like, it's time to show up and maybe not win a Super Bowl, but but win a playoff game, win two playoff game, games, get to a conference championship, show that you're a real contender in the AFC. I think it's going to take another year of building, another offseason of building to get there. But what they've accomplished already and playing meaningful games in December, I'm, I'm confident that Brandon Staley and his staff are the right guys to lead this team forward. And bless all the content creators out there that had to deal with all the bad seasons. I mean, we've been covering the Chargers at least professionally for five years now, and there's been one playoff season leading up to this. It was 2018. So there's been a lot of December games that didn't mean anything, and we talked about that on the show, like just how nice it is to care about something, to have a game of this magnitude in Week 18 is something Chargers fans shouldn't take for granted because this team is a year ahead of schedule, in my opinion. And, you know, if you make the dance, you put your, you know, throw your hat in the ring. Maybe you get to knock the Chiefs out in the first round of the playoffs and see what happens, right? Because I mean, I'd love to see that matchup a third time. I think the entire NFL world would. But Chargers no have one a great wants chance. to see the Chargers in the playoffs pop. I'm no, very no, confident no. in saying that. No, 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 no. You're no, exactly right. I mean, that's. Yeah. A team I, I mean, I don't want to face Justin Herbert. We don't even have to no. talk about the rest of the team. Like, I don't want to face that guy in a, in one game. Like, he he could go off for 400 yards, four touchdowns, and 100 yards rushing in a game like no problem he's done it already this season right like i don't want to face that guy no shot why would you why why would you want to hinge your playoff you know your one game sample against justin herber i mean a lot of teams are pulling for the raiders i think it would rather take that chance than take the chance against the chargers this weekend i think the other thing too is just having another year i mean we all saw the development with trey pipkins right i mean that was so great to see, especially from where that dude was in the preseason to what we've seen. And I think my always theories has just been like, I think they tore it down with Trey Pipkins is that we're starting from scratch and it's going to look really bad early on, but it's going to pay dividends early. So to see what this coaching staff can do over another offseason, right? Getting more players that fit the arrow is pointing up for this team. And I mean, the future is bright led by Brandon Staley and Justin Herbert. But once again, make sure you Wait, guys I'll, add, I'll, add, yeah, I'll add one more thing. Let me add one more thing. You Please. can go down the list. You can, and I'm going to write about this. If they only if they make the playoffs, but I'll probably write about it regardless. <laughs> but think, go down the list of guys that have improved substantially this season, yeah. right? It's not just Trey Pipkin, Kazir White, not, Nazir Adderley, exactly. huge Justin you know I mean? Jones. Like you can go down the list what they've done with Asante Samuel Jr. as a rookie. I think Michael Davis has been a better player. It's been up and down, but I think he's been a better player. You can go down the list of guys that have gotten better under this that's coaching all you staff. Exactly, yeah. and that's what we, yeah. that's what that's what Brandon said. Brandon Silly said, "Listen, like." We're going to develop guys. We're going to get the most out of our premium players. Like he's done everything he said he was going to do. And particularly with developing some of these guys that, that frankly had not looked good previously. Like Nas Adderley yeah. had not looked good. And I, and, and I don't think he's a, a finished product yet, but he is a completely different player this season than he was last season. 
Yeah, and I mean, especially, you know, going from Rayshon Jenkins and Azir Adderley to this year and having a dude that's been so solid on the back end at erasing those plays. And, like, the amount of tackles Nazir Adderley has had this year that saves touchdowns, like, there's no way to, like, calculate it. You'd have to go back and watch every play. But, like, this dude has made a ton of touchdown-saving tackles that you're probably not even thinking about. And just his physicality and, you know, just how fast he reacts to things has just been much better this year but once again you guys can find daniel popper on twitter at daniel r popper that puts out a lot of great content and of course if you don't subscribe to the athletic already i don't know if i'm going to talk to you into yeah i gave my best sales pitch already but i mean it's the Do number it. one paywall that i don't mind paying for there's a few it hurts me to pay for paywalls but the athletic is by far the one that is most worth it because you're going to get your money's worth you're going to get you're not getting shallow information and just, you know, the Chargers activated two players. Like, you're getting deep, thoughtful analysis by Daniel Popper and the rest of the guys over there. So, Daniel, thank you so much again, man. I mean, best guest that we have, our favorite guest for sure. So, thanks for coming on the show. Thanks for having me, guys.